0: Okay, we are live, man, we are got a jam-packed show today, I am exhausted, (laughs) let's get this show on the road, Um, we're starting to record, I'm going to give a couple minutes here to let some people join, Um, uh, man, long day, long day, and for those of you joining, just listening, tuning in on the podcast, um, glad to have you with us. Uh, we're live here on the brief news brief. This is presented by the Life Given Radio. Uh, we are local here in Moscow on site. Uh, we this is a live show, so I'm hoping to go more in depth um, instead of instead of covering a bunch of topics. We're going to talk about one in particular, and obviously you'll know by the title of this show. And so you'll, you'll kind of have a leg up on uh, the live listeners. Last, last week, we had a really fun crowd. Uh, Hopefully this week, I'm changing up the formatting a little bit to allow more, more interaction, because I I really want to uh, benefit from that. And I want other people to benefit from that. I really uh, enjoy being able to uh, being able to uh, have iron sharpening iron live. And so that's why we're trying to do these live shows. And this, this is our last show. We, I, I believe we have been podcasting, I have been podcasting uh, on the brief news brief for an entire year now. It's this journey started a year ago, right around this time. Um, so. Uh, Just really incredibly grateful for all of the listeners that have tuned in so faithfully uh, and have stuck with the uh, podcast through all of the evolutions and revolutions this show has taken. Um, Today, we are sponsored by a single malt malt, scotch whiskey. I I don't know if I said that correctly, but um, it's been a long day, a very busy quarter, uh, but we've been able to podcast through it all so um, you know I think we're gonna just hop into the show here not a lot of people have joined the live stream which is completely and totally fine uh, but we're this week I want to delve into the ramifications of lockdowns okay so we'll open up with that um, but this weekend directly after I reported that England would be raising its restrictions and Boris Johnson, their prime minister, came out and doused that exciting news. So according to a report on Fox News, London and some other parts of southern England will be going into a new round of, restric- of restrictions that will be termed tier four. So Boris Johnson obviously has no respect for this podcast and for my reporting. He goes ahead and just ups the tier of lockdowns after saying that it would be okay for people to celebrate almost like normal in England. So up until now, they've been ex- existing in tier three. Now, what is tier three? That is known as the very high alert. In tier three, you are limited to meeting with your family and one other in what is called a support bubble. Now, this support bubble is a support network which links two households. Pretty, pretty simple, um, but some terminology that we need to define um this this allows you to consider yourselves as one household and you can treat those uh friends or that one family house that one other household as family uh and as family members that you live with and you can meet with family and friends and groups but not above 6 people okay you can't meet outside of your bubble you can't meet with other people um if there's seven people. Okay. So if you meet with seven people outside of this bubble, uh, you can be fined up to 200 pounds. Now, if you're not familiar with the conversion, that is probably closer to $250. Okay. So 200 pounds is the first penalty. This can add up. So if you are a repeat offender and you do this multiple times, it could add up to 6,400 pounds. Okay. Okay. So you could be spending your college tuition on a an offense for uh, you know a social gathering. Now, tier three also. So you know this is just tier three. Let, let's just get get that um, made very clear. This is just tier three, and one of the um, penalties can also include a ten pound pound. Sorry, a ten thousand pound fine. So if you're if you're meeting public, if you have thirty people over, that could be a ten thousand plus dollar fa- fine, um, and that's just tier three. Now tier four, which is what Boris Johnson just upgraded them to after saying that they could celebrate like normal. Now the reason before we get to that, the reason that he update update this was that there's a new strand of the vaccine. Okay, and we'll get to that. But tier four is a stay-at-home order, okay? You have to stay at home. You may not leave your home without a reasonable excuse. Now, here is where we're going to kind of pick this apart and show later on the show why this is just goofy um, because they allow a list of reasonable excuses, right? Included in these list of excuses, you're fine, you have an exemption to the stay-at-home order uh, if you are leaving your home for work purposes, if you... Uh, leave to go out to shop, so get food and go clothes shopping. You can leave for school for educational purposes. You can leave to exercise and you can even meet in person to worship with other people as, as a group. Now, I just described to you the normal day in a life of any human being ever. So what they're creating is just I don't know, a safety net liability for their butts. I, I honestly don't know, but they, they give an exemption to almost anyone and you can go look this up on the, on, on the website that I'll link to in the show notes, people here at the live show, which is just one FYI. Sometimes they talk as if there's multiple people in the room. Really, it's just my wife and I, and we could just record this, but, um, not just, um, So the reason that I'm bringing up the lockdowns in the UK is this, okay? We've been talking about lockdowns all year long, right? You may be listening, you may be watching, and you may be wondering why are we doing such a focused show, such a deep dive on something that we've talked about all year, and it's because we have talked about it all year. It's it's exactly why I want to put this at the forefront of our discussion to close out the year. Don't allow lockdowns to be normalized by the frequency of its coverage. Okay. If you think about this year, like actually consider it, stop and think about it, which is what we're doing with this show. It's been one hell of a year. The things that we have persevered through could not have happened before this year we could not have imagined it and if it's been done once before it can happen yet again okay so that being said i wanted to revisit lockdowns because we have more information to us available now okay we've had uh, more more opportunities to study this vaccine. We, uh, this, this virus, we've had, uh, more opportunities to study the lockdowns. So now is a perfect time more than any to reconsider where we are, to remember the freedoms that you have sacrificed. And also this is a good time to evaluate fairly what the actions of our government were and if they were just or unjust. Okay. Uh, This show, just like any other Christian conservative show, has called out the BS that the government has been perpetrating on the people of the United States. So when I bring up this case in the UK, they're reacting to a new strand of the coronavirus, which is not weird for a virus to mutate, which is such a violent verb. But it, it this is not new, but they have put their people once more under the pressure of government lockdowns. And so it raises the question once again, are lockdowns good? Should we wear masks? Will the vaccine work? All of this, it raises the question yet again. And like I said in the previous shows, 2021 is going to be dictated by the health experts. We have been driven by science and data. Now, if you're listening, I put that in hard air quotes. Okay. Okay. And we have looked very dimensionally at this, one-dimensionally at this issue. So that kind of sets the table, right? Um, And I would like to just say that I have said in the past that lockdowns were a terrible way of addressing the coronavirus. And... I want to be fair that I had an obvious bias against them um, until I went and did the research, right? Like I, I read a lot of articles and plenty of research throughout the year of 2020. But I, like many of you, are very busy. So in today's show, I just want to in investigate a little bit more the reasons for why I believe what I believe. And I want to be fair for uh, the opposition or the opposing view, to my viewpoint, and show what they believe. And I want to be as fair as possible. And yet, after six to seven hours of research, I still came to the same conclusion. Okay, I put a lot of time into this show. I don't know if it will exhibit itself because I still was right up until this show, I was still working on how am I trying to say this? What am I thinking? But you will excuse that fact, I hope, because it's been a very busy quarter and most of you know what I've been going through this quarter to get to this moment. So all that being said, do take this with a grain of salt and do your own research. Okay, but I've done research. I want to present it here to you guys and I want to hear what you guys have to say. Let's end 2020 on a good note. Let's get to it. Here we go. So a study came out recently from Rice University's Baker Institute that analyzes the success of lockdowns through the lens of the fa- the fatality rate, which is the metric we're going to use, okay? We've seen the goalpost move from death count to number of cases. I think that um, that's ridiculous and we'll get to that moment halfway through the show. But suffice it to say, we actually want more cases. We actually want more infections. Not necessarily um, for the results that might happen, but rather for herd immunity, which is exactly what they're trying to accomplish with the vaccine. It's just nature's vaccine. Okay. So we're, I, for this show, the concept of this show is to look at the death statistic the fatality statistics, okay? And uh, this um, report and study does just that, okay? And this is their methodology. It's to, quote, to understand the relationship between lockdowns and COVID-19, they went on to analyze the correlation between two variables, okay? This is important. The openness of states, which... Uh, and and the daily deaths per million residents due to COVID-19. So we're working with two variables here. the openness and the openness is in reference to the level of restrictions that were placed by the government on that specific state. okay um, And then based on that state's population, how many millions looking at the average death per million? OK, that's per million. Now, uh, for many points of reference throughout the study, they use WalletHub, which is a private organization that um, took statistics from all over the place and put it into one database, which is available to the public, which is awesome. Um, to begin in the study, they, they mentioned that there is a strong correlation to daily death per million residents and openness of states. That is what the most recent data is showing, okay? So I want to be fair here and say that this is where the government can have a leg to stand on for why they would lock down a country or a state or a town, okay? They have a bit of a leg to stand on here. It's albeit very shaky and kind of a half amputated leg, but it's a leg nonetheless, okay? My wife's making a face at me. Yeah, That analogy got away from me. I'm going to take another uh, sip of whiskey here. Ooh, that's good. Okay. Oh, this is a good show. This is a good one. Anyway, so they've got a leg here to stand on, right? And it is because of this uh, study that I really had to work on, okay, does it make sense that the government would decide to do this with lockdown. Okay, so um, Baker Institute compiled a a graph um, with the aid of Johns Hopkins University and the 2019 U.S. Census Bureau, okay? Um, And we just had a viewer join and I guess you'll just have to catch up from where we are. But basically what we're doing right now is uh, charting um, the openness of a state so that being like the restrictions that are put by that specific government on their people and uh deaths per million uh residents due to covid so they they found and they charted all 50 states okay and I'll link to this in the show notes find it in the podcast when it's released they they have an entire graph of all 50 states okay and They found that the death per million residents correlated with the openness of states. So the less restrictions there were, the more deaths per million residents there were. Okay. But that only started in mid-May. So they charted from March 17th to November 1st. And they found that in the first half of this chart, from March Until May 15th, from March 17th to May 15th, New York and New Jersey, which had the most strict lockdowns, had the most deaths per million residents, okay? Which makes sense if you, like, just had any cursory knowledge of the news. You knew that New York was a hotspot. New Jersey was pretty messy. But now, since March – sorry, since May – until November 1st, North Dakota, which I think ranks in the, you know, they, they ranked all 50 states. And Hawaii and California had the most strict lockdowns. North Dakota and South Dakota have been fairly open. And North Dakota is uh, the highest death per million. Okay. So that's, that's pretty steep. Okay. And that's where the government probably has the leg to stand on. Right. And it is... Because of that, I think that governors might impose strict lockdowns because their goal has been to protect citizens from dying. Okay. That's been probably the most righteous goal of the government through all of this. Um, and I think that is where that, that's the most credit that I can give to the government, um, when it comes to this, right? Um, because there is some evidence that, Strict lockdowns helped keep lower the death counts. Now, my question is that we, that's still only four or five months. The two months prior to that, you know, it was flipped. The script was completely flipped. So that's why I say it's very shaky. Um, and, Here's where you're gonna to have to bear patience with me because I had a bunch of notes I was trying to compile right before the show, so I'm trying to uh, get to my next point here smoothly. But I think my biggest critique, and um, is the lack of imagination the government showed when it come to when it came to lockdowns. So um, the Stanford University, uh, one of their professors had this great quote, and it's Dr. Jay on Thursday criticized. California's lockdown specifically, um, and said it was a failure of imagination and creativity in policy. And I want to look specifically at California because, you know, like we can look at the graph and say, yeah, it looks like the daily death per million residents is lower now in the strict lockdowns. Yet we're starting to see as we get into the cold season, that script starting to be flipped. So California was the second strictest. Uh, second most strict lockdowns of all 50 states. Okay, so they imposed some of the most strict lockdowns. And yet, and yet, in L.A. County, which if you recall, uh, we've reported on this multiple times, Mayor Garcetti came out and he said on December 2nd, the order, which supersedes one, from the one from June prohibits public and private gatherings of people from more than one household and states that all businesses in the city that require work. Um, sorry, that required people to work on location must stop operations, walking, driving, travel on public transport, bikes, motorcycles and scooters are prohibited. <laughs> I don't know why those specifically, but those are prohibited. Um, and other than those, undertaking the essential activities are prohibited. So they've gone back down to really strict lockdowns. That's since December 2nd. Since December 2nd, deaths in LA County have skyrocketed. Okay, so once again, this is making that uh, leg that I was saying the government kind of has to stand on very shaky, right? They just lost a few toes. We, we have gotten up to LA County, which has been one of the most strict lockdowns Because Mayor Garcetti believes in this statistic, their death count has gone way up. It used to be sitting around 40 to 50 deaths a day, and then it hopped up over the weekend to north of 200, north of 300. So looking at that case specifically, it raises questions in my mind, is that really the case? Now, I, I want to point out that this uh, study that Baker Institute conducted um, was very, uh, very even-handed. Um, they they said that uh, it is possible that the stricter lockdowns following May fifth or May fifteenth um, was more effective because not not necessarily the uh, legislation legislation put in place by the government to enforce these lockdowns, but rather it was the fear of the people that kept them from going out and about and kept those numbers down because the people were actually fearing COVID, not necessarily what the government was putting in place. Now, I thought that was very interesting for the study to um, admit that, right? To, To say that that could be a possible solution for why maybe we see these scripts being flipped Or why some states were more successful than others at keeping the death rates down. And they said that there wasn't necessarily a direct causal link between state actions and subsequent observed deaths. Some economists economists have actually found that legal restrictions only explain less, like 10% of uh, decline in foot traffic. So this this is something that I shared with Ruth and I want to share with you guys. Um, But this is a uh, (laughs) direct quote from the study and it's kind of concerning because I don't know if they necessarily got these these specific people's permission. But the study attributes the vast majority of the decline in foot traffic to consumers choosing of their own volition to avoid commercial activity, which they procured that information by measuring cell phone activity by measuring cell phone activity through May 15th. So they're tracking you through your cell phones to understand the coronavirus and the restrictions. (laughs) Um, Just kind of maybe a slightly alarming, um, more than alarming fact there, but they just kind of threw that in there in the study. Um, So here's where I want to get to next. The government have has treated this entire process as one dimensional they have studied this and applied these applications one dimensionally they have not seen us as holistic human beings okay they have not understood that there are in fact other things that we should be fearing or um considering when it comes to these lockdowns. So one of the things that this uh, study touches on is that the economic fallout. So there are a couple of things here that I think we need to keep in mind um, beyond just the health concerns. It is also the economic concerns. We have seen actually 8 million people hit hit below the poverty, are now in poverty, okay? There is uh, multiple studies I've read that have talked about this V-shaped recovery. Now, if you don't really understand that term, it's a term that's been kind of flying around. It's basically that um, the, the decrease in our economy is only due to the fact that people can't work. And as soon as we go back to work We are going to recover very quickly in our GDP. All of that's going to recover just fine. Everyone's going to be making the same amount of money. That is, in fact, just not the case. Okay. We might be seeing us getting back to normal this year, but economists have shown in multiple studies that uh, we are, in fact, not doing that well. The, The statistic that 8 million people have hit poverty are in poverty now, is something that cannot be ignored lightly. We also need to recognize that um, all of those stimulus checks that people received have actually gone to uh, non-contact services. So what does that include? That includes Amazon. That includes uh, carryout, takeout. What does that hurt the most? This study found that and compiled that the most hurt businesses – were those local businesses. And especially here in Moscow, we have a lot of those in our downtown community. The the businesses that were hurt the most were the small businesses run by your mom and pop, right? Those were hurt the most. And all of that, um, all of those stimulus checks went directly to Amazon, not necessarily to uh, the businesses that were struggling to stay afloat. And we've seen that in affluent areas that most people that are going to be affected by the pandemic were the low-income workers, the low-wage income workers. So because they have been furloughed, they have been laid off, they, can't, they don't have a lot in their savings. Just a few things to think about um and that has we haven't even touched on mental illnesses and how those have spiked and how uh there are multiple studies that were just footnoted in this um study that we are not examining that we are just not thinking about and um i think i would just like to close there that uh, i think that we should have either here I'll close with this. Sorry, I'm kind of kind of waffling here, and we're going to get to our interaction here in a moment. Um, but I want to close out the year with just a few thoughts um, on the lockdowns, and then we can go to our uh, live discussions. But my my conclusions from just doing this research. And from uh, thinking through this year was that, A, we should have locked down much harder than we did at the beginning. That's a possible solution. Maybe we should have cut. I mean, like, the only way we could have completely stymied this, um, this pandemic from becoming infected was that everyone locks down. Like, no one leaves their home. Everyone builds a bomb shelter, like, stays in that bomb, sh- bomb shelter for two weeks. No interaction whatsoever. Because I want to loop back to this uh, to the lockdown that Britain's imposed in Tier 4 where they've allowed li- literally normal life as long as you have a reasonable excuse. That's not going to stop anything. This study even mentioned that we are trying to get to herd immunity, right? We're actually trying to get to a certain level of um, cultural immunity that we would have um, against this virus. And I think that A... We should the two options were either a we lock down the entire economy for four weeks, or B, we should allow everyone to uh, go about their daily lives except for the elderly which and and the people who have autoimmune diseases and the people that would be most directly affected by this, right so I, I hope that made sense. Uh, maybe in the Q&A, we can kind of push around some of those finer points. Um, I, I am done with the um, actual in-depth show. Uh, maybe I'll write a couple articles on this to really flesh out my thoughts. But um, I will definitely link to the Baker Institute study uh, to the the podcast here. Um, because I think it's really a good one to study if you're trying to gauge a lot of different factors and I think the Baker study uh, does a great job of quantifying those factors into words and sentences that are very easy to read and work through. So with that, we'll, we'll close the in-depth uh, look and uh, deeper dive into statistics. If you guys have any questions, right now it's, um, we've got a couple people watching live right now. Okay, um, my wife asks, do I see a bright side in all of this? Well, that's a really great question. And I think that the bright side is the dark side right now. So if you if you look at the year 2020 and just look at it as, and take it as a whole, I think I would sum it up with human depravity. You know, for a long time, we've, we've known that the U.S. has been sliding down a very slippery slope. And I don't know if we've hit rock bottom yet, but we've definitely seen the results of what it looks like when a nation wanders away from the faith. And it's especially a nation that was built off of a very Christian foundation, uh, a, a government system that was designed around a people that were moral and knew and respected a higher authority. So I, I think that we've hit this um, bottom that has shown just where we are. Like, there's no more hiding it. There's no more hiding the terrible nature our society has has exhibited all throughout all of 2020. And it's this, and it's been driven by fear. So for Christians, we should actually be relieved because. Everyone knows where everyone stands now. If you don't stand with Christ, you stand against him. And a lot of our culture is against him right now. So as Christians, our identity in Christ comes before anything. And it's time to get to work. So I think that the bright side is that everything out is out in the light now. There's no more hiding in the darkness. There's no more confusion. Great question, though. Are there any other questions? Because, um, I mean, we can, we can talk about other things if you guys want to uh, discuss um, other stories that we've covered in the past or other things that you've read in the news recently. Um, one thing that I would encourage while other people are maybe compiling their thoughts um, is uh, next year, I'm going to emphasize uh, tips from listeners so if you guys come across the story that you would like to be shared on the podcast, shoot my way and I'll cover it. Um, Cause I, I would like to kind of have a bit more interaction with you guys, which is why I, I, I want to do uh, these live shows. Um, yeah, we'll hang out here for a little bit for the podcasters uh, who are listening on podcasts uh, while we're waiting for, Maybe other questions that come in. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any of them. I mean, we're, we're everywhere. YouTube. We're, we're on it. Uh, we're on Overcast. We are taking a break, though. This is the last news brief. It might not have been a great news brief, but, hey, it was live. Um, and I was trying to think on the spot, and it's been one of those. Uh, uh, oh, when am I starting after Christmas? That's great. That's a good question. And we'll be starting Um, at at different times, you'll start seeing content coming out January one or uh, the second. The news brief will be back after the first week of January. So at the end of week one, so I think that'll be January. Oh, four, uh, eighth. I want to say January 8th or 9th. The news brief will be back. Oh, good question from Eric. How do you think small businesses will survive or will they survive? Um that's a good question because uh actually I'm going to reference my interview with Nate Wolf Midsummer that I had. Uh he runs Humble Burger which is downtown here in Moscow. It has the some of the best burgers you can get in town. I would say the best. Other people disagree with me, but they're wrong and they're dumb. Um and we're not sponsored by them. We should be, but we're not. I should have a burger in hand with my whiskey right here, but I don't. So I'm looking at my wife who's a shift manager over there and that's, that's a problem you guys got to figure out anyway. But the question is, (laughs) will small businesses survive? Um, I think the uh, ones that are the, uh, have the best administrations will, I think that uh, people um, that are, that have a good head on their shoulders and that uh, are able to navigate really difficult financial waters, um, I think they'll be okay. I think it's the, the stores, the restaurants that either just opened because, I mean, you guys know this. You guys have worked in restaurants before and especially like at the founding of restaurants. They have like three to five years that they have to survive, right? And once they're beyond that, it's a lot more difficult to get out of business if you just entered the business arena, if you just opened shop like in 2019, this would have been a tough year that probably would have crushed the businesses. So we've seen, you know, in certain areas, like up to 50% of small businesses going out of business because of the lockdowns. Um, so, yeah, I think if it's poorly run, you were done for this year. Uh, but if you have a good team, and a boss that really believes in what you're doing and has a good head on his or her shoulders, you could, you could survive. Good question though. Hmm. Yeah. But to get back to um, 2021, we are going to have three shows on the podcast for sure. We're working on getting a fourth one up and running and then uh, the goal is also to get the new site, <laughs> put some legs on that thing because it uh, is it struggling this quarter, but that's okay. A lot of our writers were, including myself, were in the midst of either defending their thesis or writing their thesis. So, you know, there are priorities for uh, things that are um, really just um, projects right now in the works. Are there any other questions? Because we'll probably close out 2020 here I can't believe it's been an entire year of podcasting I don't know if I've emphasized that enough like I don't know if I talk about that enough that's been an entire year um but it has been so fun I mean honestly it has been such a blast and for those people who are interested in podcasting it's so accessible people should more people should be podcasting right now not too many because I don't want to have more competition but you know, I, I think it's just so cool. The platform that podcasting offers and it, it offers more interaction. It offers a lot of humanity and uh, that, that I think you can kind of lose in just commenting back and forth. And Kip and I touched on that in the cut, the dry, but um, yeah, shout out to Kai's kitchen there. That's kind of a sneak peek. Um, but we're, we're working on a DIY podcast. My sister and I, I, I won't be a part of it. <laughs> I, I, uh do not need to be on yet another podcast, and I would have nothing to offer on that podcast except uh, talk about a piano project that I've been meaning to get to that has not happened in a year. So not a good DIYer. Makai um, waves, waving right back at you virtually. Um, well, guys, uh, we'll close out here. Um, if you're listening, please like and subscribe. Enjoy a lot of the content that has come out in December. Uh, you probably have some catching up to do. Um, I know some of you have listened to like 20 plus episodes uh, in like the last couple of days, in the last week, just a, just people working their way back through. Uh, on Apple Podcasts, I do want to let you know some housekeeping stuff might be taking place. So if you don't see the podcast on Apple Apple Podcasts over Christmas for a day or two. That's because we're switching over and trying to consolidate. Because um, I was just trying to get. Anyway, that's a whole backstory, but um, just an FYI on that. Um, but content's going to be a little slower over Christmas break. You'll have a cut and dry special dropping tomorrow morning, which was phenomenal. Uh, it's our Christmas special. And then you will also see a cut and dry special dropping uh, close to New Year's. So that will kick things off for the cut and the dry. Then you'll have the news brief coming back in early January. And also the Apologetics podcast that Danny Bradley has been working on getting kicked off Uh, will drop probably January 1 or in the first week there. So stay tuned. Um, If you have any questions, reach out to me at the at gmail.com. I'm on social medias uh Parlor, Gab, Facebook as is Isaac Lopez on Instagram at SamLo.97. You can find the Instagram, the podcast page on Instagram as well at the Life Given Radio, which is what we're live streaming on right now. And you can also find us on Facebook at the Life Given News. Anyway, we have run well over time. I don't there's a part of me that just doesn't want to end it right now because <laughs> it's the last podcast of the year. It's the last recording and there, it's kind of nostalgic. But Um, I'm exhausted. So I'm looking forward to this break. I hope you all have a wonderful break. Get rested up. Um, When it comes to cultural engagement, balance yourself. Don't um, try to overdo it by reading up on a ton of different things. Allow tools like this one to help you along the way. And until until next time we talk, celebrate the crap out of Christmas and New Year's. Anyway. For the last time in 2020, remember that the life that you have been given and the life that you have received includes every area of life. Your Christmas, your New Year's is no exception. God bless and Merry Christmas.